This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we've almost made it to the end of July of 2020, right? How are you doing? See, a lot of times what happens is life, different things happen, and and we go, it's, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I can handle it on my own. Maybe we just try to repress it all together and sweep it under the carpet like it it never happened at all. And and just kind of a heads up, and I think you know it already, that that really doesn't work. Okay. So the the question I, I have for you this morning is, how are you doing really? And so today, as we continue our series, Finding Joy, we're going to go into God's Word in the, the book of Philippians and, and have God show us what He wants us to have for our lives, not only for today, but forever. Remember, the author of the book of Philippians is a guy named Paul. He is a friend of Jesus, and he's in prison. He's under house arrest. Okay, and this is what he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, so... Remember, Paul, as he writes these words, he's got a Roman guard chained up to him 24-7. And, and if I went to Paul and, and I said, Paul, how are you doing really? What do you think he'd say? Back in the late 1960s, a, a couple of psychologists by the names of Holmes and Rahe, they came up with a stress scale. And so what they, they did is they, they listed out 43 life-changing events and gave each one of them a weight or a score to determine the person's stress level in their life. So let's just look at the Apostle Paul really quick with that holmes Rahe stress scale. Okay, we're just going to look at it really quick. So uh, jail term, that's Paul, 63 points. Right? Business. Readjustment, 39. Change in financial state, 38. Remember, they, had to, they took an offering for him and everything. Change in living conditions, 25. Change in residence, 20. And change in social habits, 18. Okay. Now, now understand, Holmes and Ray, he said that, you know, as they look through these life-changing events, if you ever scored 200 or more, that would mean virtually impossible for you not to be physically ill. Okay. 
And so if, if I added these things up and last night and first service, they didn't correct me, so I must have, all right? Paul's at 203, just by doing a quick check at Paul's life. And with that as his score, what's he say? He says, rejoice. Okay. And he just didn't say, do you rejoice? Me rejoice. He was rejoicing. So let's, let's bring it back to you. How are you doing really? Uh, let's be honest, right? The, the pandemic has messed us up. Okay. Uh, for some, maybe, maybe not so bad. For others, super bad. But let's just be honest, this whole physical and social distancing thing, that's not how we're used to doing life, right? Greeting you and not being able to shake your hand, having you come in and there's no Victory Cafe, you know, that, that's completely different. That's a change. We're told too, when, when other people tell us how we have to, to live our lives, that raises our stress level. When we change our lives, when we want to do it, but when we change our lives for the benefit of others, for the good of others, that even raises our stress level, even though we're doing it out of goodwill and we want to do it. The pandemic has brought boredom and confusion. One of my friends on Facebook, and, you know, friend in real life too, but friend on Facebook, uh, Post every day what day it is, you know? So it's like, good, today is Sunday. Oh, yeah, right, good. You know, and I don't know about you, but every now and then I've actually needed to know what day it was. And I know it is crazy hot out there today. But I'll be honest, it's hard for me to fathom that we're in July and that we're almost out of July. It's like, how did we get here? The pandemic's brought changing circumstances in our lives, right? School going to start this year? Yes, no, maybe, wait and see. It's hard to make plans. Changing our, our plans for our vacation, some of us. Some of us are able to go. Some of us had to, to change our plans. Changing narratives, right? Uh, changing ways of monitoring the pandemic. It's all just... Messing with us, there's division. There's empty shelves when we grow the grocery stores or department stores. I haven't been out all that much, but when I go out, it's like, really? Where is everything? There's furloughs, there's lost jobs. People afraid of, of having to quarantine, quarantined as well. People afraid of getting COVID. People afraid of giving COVID to someone uh, else that they love. They didn't even know they had it. And death, right? And, and I'm sure that you were able to think of some other things that I didn't mention. That the pandemic has caused you, influenced you, maybe brought stress into your life. Again, I, I want you to understand it's okay to acknowledge our struggles, Okay. In fact, it's not only okay, it's good. Likely, likely for almost every one of us here, the last four and a half months have been more difficult, have brought more change than any other four, month, four and a half month time period in our lives. And so in the midst of our turbulent, ever-changing 
world, in the midst of the, the bottom dropping out of us as we peer into God's word today, as we take it to heart, as we ask God to fill us with his truth, we're going to be able to find the answer to this question, how do we find joy no matter what? So let's dive in. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5 says, the Lord is near. So let that soak in just for a sec. The Lord is near. See, God didn't create the world and then take off. He, he didn't go to you and me, you know, man, I kind of walked with you for, for like up to your lifetime now. I'm done. You're on your own. No, God's involved in our lives personally. Every one of our lives and every life on the face of the world, he's involved in our life personally. And he's sovereign. He's working in and through all things for good. The Lord is near. Okay? Check out the Old Testament, right? Uh, when people had troubled times, God didn't run away. God was right there. He was near. Think about Joseph. Remember Joseph from the book of Genesis? Okay. He, he was that one that had that stress-filled life to this degree that his older brothers sold him into slavery. They loved him so much, they kicked him out. Right? And it got worse. He went to prison too. He didn't do anything wrong. But God was with him. He was near. And as, as things went on in Joseph's life, God's working through all things, right? And, and Joseph ends up becoming second in charge of all of Egypt. And he is watching over the whole world, making sure that food is provided for, for everyone, right? And, and those brothers that, that sold him into slavery, they're now before him. They're now standing before him. Uh, their father has recently passed away. And they're thinking, oh man, we're done now. Dad's out of the way. And we remember, we have guilt. We, we never forgot what we did. We're in trouble. And what's Joseph say to them? He says to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God was near in Joseph's life. King David, the, the, the big king of Israel, right? The greatest king of Israel, the one whom scripture says of him, he was after God's own heart. Well, David's got all these enemies surrounding him. And he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you're with me. God you're near. You're with me. Think some other ones. Daniel, you remember him? He's the guy who got thrown into the lion's den. Okay. The lion's den wasn't empty. Okay. <laughs> the lions were in there. But it wasn't just Daniel and the lions in the den. God was there too. He's near. Same book of the Bible, Daniel, same book. Remember you guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abingo, three men thrown into the fiery furnace, right? King Nebuchadnezzar, the guy who had him thrown into the furnace, looks into the furnace and goes, I thought we only threw three dudes in there. There's four. God 
is near. God was with them. And so into the middle of the furnace of our pandemic, into the middle of our cancel out culture, into the middle of our culture that tolerates, as long as you agree, into the middle of all this and more, God is near. See, we need to not only acknowledge our struggles, but also acknowledge that the Lord is near. In Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 31, has four words that are just so welcoming. And it simply says this, God is for us. Not only is he near, he's for us, and he never changes. Scripture says of Jesus that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is near. He is for us. He is our healer. He is our rescuer. He is our redeemer. He smiles on us. He is cheering for us. Think again back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah the prophet, the the people that God had him speaking to, in addition to you and me, uh, the original ones were in exile, not in a pandemic. They were in exile. And so Jeremiah's words to them and to you and me is this, and some of you guys know these words. They're on like a cup at at home uh, or maybe on a plaque or something. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. See? With these characteristics of God and all of the characteristics of God, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Now, keep in mind, Paul isn't saying rejoice in your circumstances. Okay? He said rejoice in the Lord. Paul isn't even, you know, saying, you know, rejoice in the good, so rejoice, it's payday. You know, uh, rejoice, it's the weekend. Rejoice, baseball is playing again. Rejoice, football is starting up. Rejoice that basketball is about to start up. Uh, you know, rejoice that the safer at home order's over. Rejoice that they found a vaccine. You know, I mean, all those things are good. Good enough can be good enough. But Paul says, don't get distracted. Those things can change and all that stuff. Rejoice in the Lord who's never changing, who is near and who is for you. Rejoice in the Lord. Understand too, right? God's never intimidated by your circumstances. God never going, oh no, what do I do now? He's got it all together. He's sovereign. He is loving. He has a plan that he's working to prosper and not to harm you. See, uh, think what it's like when you love someone and you walk into the room and they're there. You're like, yes, joy there. Figuratively speaking, because you always hear God walks in the room, sees you, it's like, yes, joy comes across him. This almighty God joys in you. See, to the the degree that, that you and I get who God is 
and the joy that he has for us is very much to the degree that we can have joy no matter what. So part of finding joy then is praising God for who he is. Uh, this past week, Sammy put out some stuff on social media and asked us to, to put in our, our f- favorite Christian songs. And, and so the, one of the take-home homeworks that I have for you is, is pick out one of your favorite Christian songs and have that be a part of your life this week, every day. Praise God for who he is. Finding joy, no matter what, by praising God, And by praying to him, remember with Paul's sky high stress level, it was 203. This is what he says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When I was in grade school, my my parents and I on a Friday night, we walked to our our neighborhood high school uh, Friday night football. It's what you did in Texas, right? And and when we get there, my dad pulls out his wallet and, and gives me some money. And I'll be honest, long, I can't remember how much he gave me, but I do remember having a little bit of a smirk on my face because he gave me more than usual. Right? So this was good. And then my, my parents went off and they sat in the, the parents part of the stands, right? And, and I went out and hung out with my friends and, and I'm with my friends and everything. And we get to halftime and even though my father had given me more money than usual by halftime, I was empty. I didn't have anything left, right? And, and so I, I go back to my father and, and I said something really pretty much like this. I, my financial situation is in need of reinforcement. <laughs> and I remember the, a lady, a couple rows down, whatever, laughed too, right? And, you know, and my dad, he just leaned over like my dad always did, grabbed his wallet out and gave me a little bit more money, right? See, I had a need and I knew who to go to. I could have said, I, I had a need. I, I'm, I'm empty. I don't have any money. And I, and I could have just, you know, moaned about it, not done anything about it, not even bothered to go to my dad, just sit there and go, I, just, I have this need. I could have said, you know, I have this need and I know where my dad is, but I, I doubt he'll give me anything. So I'm not even going to go. I could have said, you know, I got this need. I'm going to go to my dad. I'm going to ask him. And, and before he responds, I could have walked away. Or I could do what I did, right? Dad, I've, I got this need. And, and then I'll just let him respond, however, because he loves me. It's all good. So the question I have for you now is, what's your empty spot? What's your need? What's your burden? God says to you, with great compassion, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. When we go to God in prayer, remember who he is. He's got the whole world in his hands. He created it all. It's all his. (laughs) The storehouses of the world are his and his heart is only and always love. We can trust in him to do the best possible thing at the best possible time. So what's your burden? Psalm 68 says this. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Remember, he's not intimidated 
by our circumstances. Our, our circumstances don't cancel out his promises. What's your need? What's your burden? Okay. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to give you, and I know it's not much time, I'm just going to give you uh, 10 seconds or so to take one of your needs, one of your burdens right now to God in prayer. Paul is saying, if, if you want to find joy, praise God. Pray to him. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The word for think about such things, that phrase, that's where we get our word logic. What Paul is saying is think clearly. Think logically. You've got some tough circumstances. God's bigger. (laughs) Can't understand it? God can. Think clearly. Think logically. Fill your mind with God and things of God. See, I don't know about you guys, but I can get distracted really easy. And uh, I, can, I can spend a lot of time doing next to nothing or, or spend a lot of time even worrying like that's ever changed anything. If you've ever noticed that, doesn't change anything, right? Or sometimes I can, I can even spend a lot of time doing things that are okay, but not necessarily great, right? Um, before service today, I, I looked at my phone and it had a little notification. It told me how many hours a day I was averaging on social media. Whoops. This is what C.S. Lewis says. It says, we're always falling in love or quarreling, looking for jobs or fearing to lose them, getting ill and recovering, following public affairs. If we let ourselves, we shall always be waiting for some distraction or other to end before we get down to our work. And so as different things come across your mind and have opportunities for you to think about, do, talk about, whatever, are they true and noble and right? Are they pure, lovely, and admirable? Are they excellent and and praiseworthy? If they are, be all in on that. If they're not, flip the switch, right? Move from there. See, part about having joy is, is pondering on things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, excellent. That's God. See, finding joy, no matter what, it's about praising, praying, and pondering. Just a question for you. And, and trust me, I, I had to answer it too. Is it possible that if joy is missing, it's because you haven't been praising, praying, and pondering? And, and keep in mind, joy's not a feeling. Paul doesn't say feel joyful. It's a focus. Joy is a focus. It's a way of looking at things. Being joyful doesn't mean there isn't sadness or or difficult times. Here's how we know. 
from Jesus' life. Hebrews chapter 12, direction for us. And then it talks about Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, joy wasn't in the event of the crucifixion. <laughs> the crucifixion wasn't fun. It wasn't good. It was ugly. It was painful. It was hurtful. It was abuse. All these things and more. Jesus prayed even the, the, you know, before, hours before God, if there's another way, <laughs> let's do that way. Okay, but not my will, but, but yours. But you see, Jesus in, endured the cross out of joy because he knew what the guaranteed outcome of the event of the cross was. He knew there was purpose in his pain and that brought him joy. And here's why. is because when he was enduring the cross, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about how freeing it was going to be for you to have all of your sins forgiven. He's thinking about how wonderful it was going to be for you to go through life in victory, knowing that God was with you always. He's thinking about you, thinking about, you know, not just your time on earth, but your eternity with God in heaven. And that brought him joy. See, sometimes... Sometimes for you and me, we, we, we settle for what we think is joy, but, there, but there's actually something more out there. We really don't want to kind of go through the pain so much or whatever. Uh, or if there's pain, we're just going, this is the wrong way. So just kind of think of it in, the, in football terms, all right? Football team's got the ball. And if they have joy, if they're, they're, they're going to get joy when they get to their own 30-yard line, Okay. And, and they make it to the 30-yard line. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we made it, right? The deal is, though, the celebration is in the end zone, right? That's where the joy is at. Sometimes for you and me, we think the end all of joy is a 30-yard line, the things that are temporal, things that, that aren't going to last, instead of the end zone of heaven, where there's joy and celebration without end. Finding joy, no matter what, it's about praising God, it's about praying to God, and it's about pondering God. God bless you in your lives of joy. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for, for speaking us to, today and just ask that, you know, there's, there's just this pull and all that. Lord, help us to grab our song. Help us to praise you day by day. Help us to take all of our burdens and needs to you and let you respond. Fill our hearts and our lives so that we ponder on all those things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable that are excellent and praiseworthy. That are you. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.